0: Hello, hello. Get ready for a journey through time with the Hipstorians podcast, hosted by myself, Derek Mulligan, and my co historian Neil Feddersen-Hall. We invite you into our virtual living room for weekly fireside chats with world renowned historians and authors. From ancient history to present day, the Historians covers it all with guests who have lived and experienced the stories they share. Join myself and Neil as we whiz back and forth through time, exploring the truth behind historical events that turn out to be way stranger and more exciting than fiction. So grab a cuppa and get ready to be transported to another time and place. Tune in now to join our history-loving community. Here we go. Hello, Neil. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of The Hipstorians. This evening, Neil, we shall be talking to Kurt Anderson, who is a writer of historical fiction, but... Funnily enough, we're actually going to be talking to him this evening about a book called Fantasyland, which grabbed my attention a number of months back. Um, and really, it's it's opened my eyes to uh, the history of the United States of America. A really interesting take. And and it, it's true. I just never looked at it that way. So I uh, really can't wait to get into uh, speaking about this with, with Kurt you ready, Neil?
1: Yeah, he's just joined us. He's in the room with us, folks. Ladies and gentlemen. Hi. Course, I'm I'm Good evening. Where are you joining us from, Kurt? I'm in Cornwall, Connecticut. Okay, for a second there, I thought you were going to say Cornwall, the UK, right down the bottom of, of England. I
2: know. No, no, different one.
1: A different one. What's but that Cornwall like? It's about, like? It's,
2: it's, about uh, it's about two hours uh, northeast of New York
0: City.
1: All right. Okay, We'll have to put it on our travel itinerary at some stage, Derek. Oh,
0: indeed. Oh, indeed, we will. Indeed, we will. So, Kurt, this book, Fantasyland, um, yeah, I mean, it it explains an awful lot about um, how I see America in its religiosity, how it was born out of shipping, I mean, religious persecution, essentially, pushed people from europe in westwards to america they hit the east coast and more persecution pushed them further west uh, and a lot of like this there's, there's a huge there's a huge amount of fantasy and i know some of it you've actually got yourself in, involved in in uh, the, the pastoral fantasy as you mentioned in the book of having your little retreat out in the countryside but give the uh, give the uh, listeners, a little bit of an introduction as to maybe what got you interested in writing this book. Well, I, I never thought of writing
2: a book that extended back this far. That was this deep of a history, and, and, and the subtitle, or the one of the subtitles, is the five hundred year history. And you know, that's. And some people said when I said that, "Was that a joke?" I said, "No, it really mm-hmm. does go back to the Protestant Reformation." You know, which is exactly five hundred years before. This book was published, so I thought that was convenient. But no, I I, I really thought I, I I've been thinking for some time, years really, um, since I was an adult, and since I saw the United States becoming more and more uh, extremely religious, of in a peculiar kind, and having that religion, which is to say the kind of extreme Protestant evangelical charismatic Christianity, um, enter the public sphere as it had never before. That's kind of the story of a story of politics in this country and of that kind of religion over most of my adult life. And and then starting to to have things happen like uh, schools, school districts, not teach evolution anymore, but only would want to teach creationism, for instance. And, and things like that, as it became more and more extreme, I thought, like, why, what, what, this wasn't the way it was when I was a kid. Why, why did this happen? What, what's going on here? And uh, and I was also working on, a, I wrote a novel, half historical novel, a semi historical novel, set in the 1960s as well as the present day. And that was my, uh, a novel I, I published in 2012. And out of that, too, I was thinking, I, I came to think that the 1960s, in the late 1960s and 70s and all that happened then in terms of kind of ultra-individualism and anti-establishment feeling, all those things that I and other liberals always thought, oh, that's good. Those are all good things in the late 60s. Well, I began to see that there was this, you know, other side of that, which is to say any cockamamie thing you want to believe, which has always sort of been an American principle, um, uh, it's okay to believe, and and that is and that is fine, of course, within reason. Uh, okay. Thomas Jefferson, uh, whom I quote in this book, famously said, "You know, as long as my neighbor uh, isn't picking my pocket or breaking my leg, he can believe in no gods or twenty gods." I think that's great, and that's the great kind of laissez-faire tolerance, you know, no no state church thing that you know was a, a basis of America. Well. That I would say the '60s and and then the internet to simplify it oversimplify it uh, along with some other things kind of made it get out of control and and made and 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 the the kind of fetters on craziness, if you will, uh, were removed really over over a couple of generations from you know the '70s through the turn of the century. And uh, so that's what happened. But, but then I ended up, I said, I didn't really know anything about the religious history of America, particularly. I mean, you know, I, I, I knew what I knew, but not it wasn't very deep and, or, or broad. And, and so I started reading and researching the history of America to find out like why is how, how different is the United States from the rest of the developed world? How long has it been different? Why is that? And there was no there were books by actual experts. Uh, who, that approached that kind of, sort of, but not in a way that I was interested in, not in the uh, broader way that uh, I was, I, I needed answering for myself. And so, you know, as one does, I, I ended up writing the book that I wanted to read, you know, basically. And, and that's what fantasy is is. And, and I try to bring in lots of things. So in addition to religion, as you say, it's also about America as a kind of uh, crucible for popular culture and entertainment and Hollywood and celebrity media and all that stuff, which in the 19th and the subsequent centuries, 20th century, together with this this invent your own religion uh, um, and, and means of worship habit of Americans, combine with other things to to the stew of madness <laughs> that we find ourselves in and again when it was sort of in control and and in a, in, a, in an equilibrium with an establishment uh that kept things you know uh, under control okay fine uh it's part of part of the great you can be anything you can imagine anything that makes america great made america mm-hmm. great but then you know in my view it it, it got out of control and and uh you know, I mean, you know, I I I had been in, in an entirely different way, a kind of student of Donald Trump's for many years, um, uh, but I never. But but when I started writing this book, and basically when I was until I was almost done with this book, he was not running for president. He was he was just what he was. So I I kind of you know lucked into having or <laughs> lucked into having this poster boy so- suddenly pop up in 2016 and 17 to illustrate this kind of eccentric theory of the case that I was writing this somewhat abstruse, complicated book about. And, and like in an instant, people could understand, oh,
0: I get it. It's this post-truth thing. Yep, that's it. Yeah.
1: It's, it's the ability yeah.
0: for, for, to, to tell a story. And humans love Listening to stories, and they want to believe in things. And when you look at the, the, you know, the the fight against Native American Indians, and you go up to the battle of Little Bighorn, and so quickly after you've got this uh, character, like Bill Cody and Buffalo Bill. Who essentially employs Sitting Bull, who's being defeated, to be part of his show, you know, and the narrative changes, and all of a sudden you've got, you know, what you need to make all these westerns that we that the West so loved uh, and sold, you know, and made in Italy and, and some say quite a few instances. But it's incredible, isn't it, just how quickly it went from well, war to romance.
2: Well, and, and the thing is about Buffalo Bill. Was is amazing. He he was he was an actual you know hero of sorts. I mean, natives may not consider him a hero, but he was out there in the West, winning the Medal of Honor, and you know uh, being a soldier. But then and and then a scout for the for the U.S. Army out there in the in the middle of the country during the Indian Wars. But then. During the winter, he would come to the city and perform a version of himself on stage on Broadway and in, in the big theater in Chicago, and then go back out and do the real thing, and then come back and sell novels based on his exploits. It was amazing. It was just, and, and, and again, I'd known of him, but but until I was writing this book about like the, this weird the blurring of fantasy and reality and fiction and and uh, and, and truth and all that as a as a as an animating you know mix ad mixture, sort of in america he he just became such a perfect exemplar of that of that thing you know
1: yeah he he sums up everything that that you know we have to admit that we know and love about american culture it's big it's bombastic and it's entertainment right i mean that's that's Hollywood right there before there probably even was a Hollywood or at least, you know, at its beginnings. What's not to love? I, I don't see I don't see a problem with all this stuff.
2: Well, the problem becomes, I mean, it, when it's when it's it was, you know, relatively benign. I mean, again, you, you you could have a lot of arguments about how benign it was or wasn't in terms of. You know, uh, uh, it's portrayal of, say, the, the, the Indian genocide and all the rest. But, but I was, you know, until it, until it made, uh, until the, 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 the ability to truly construct your own reality became problematic and became, in the last seven years, animating one of our two major political parties, yeah, fine, well, have fun. Go crazy. Spend your life living, you know, in, in a video game. Fine, whatever. You do you, we'll do us. Mm. Um, and, and all the rest. But then when it becomes, it becomes extreme. And 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 the, a great U.S. senator, uh, Daniel Patrick Moynihan, um, um, said famously, well, it wasn't famous then, but back in the 80s and 90s, when this was really just what I'm talking about was just beginning. He said, you know, people, you, you're entitled to your own uh, opinions, but you're not entitled to your own facts. And that was ha-ha funny, everybody knew that. But in the last 30 years, people do feel entitled to their own facts because they believe, they feel something is true. And again, what, tracing back the threads of American history and cultural history, that has always been a thing. I mean, there's the, this, this I I I enough enough of your intellectualism I know this is true whatever the thing is you know whether it's mm. joseph smith uh you know uh finding uh, and, and and transmitting and channeling a new extra part of the bible and creating the mormon faith and all the rest you know it was if you know go ahead go go crazy and and, mm. and believe anything and, and, and again you know, it wasn't, you know, when it wasn't hurting very many people or, or, and when, when it didn't interfere with the citizens of this country agreeing on a basic set of facts, fine. But now it, now that's, that's, that's the problem. It, mm. it, it, it's hard to have a society where literally, you know, large numbers of people uh, are, 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 motivated by their political party and large media companies to have a different sort of fundamental set of this is true this is not true on a factual basis not what is
0: right or moral or virtuous or any of the rest funny interesting thing um happened today, actually, in in Germany, which I believe, so we're recording this on the 7th of December 2022. Uh, There was 25 arrests made of a group called the Reichsburgers, Uh, some guy called Heinrich X111, uh, who has some noble history uh I'm trying to recreate the second Reich of 1871 so this was taken really cuz there there was going to be a coup for a takeover of the German government so ideas ideas matter and, and there's something like 21,000 of these people in Germany you know had a population of 60 million but you know they could have done it uh, obviously the German oh, yeah. government took it seriously so yeah i think i think you got a really valid point
2: well and 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 they were i mean much of what you know this this again this Explicitly fictional invention of the last five years, of QAnon in this country. Yeah. Uh, this, this these German, uh, you know, thousand year Reich people were, were you know, had, had absorbed some that QAnon stuff.
1: but mm. yeah. it, it seems to be Animal in the stuff. states, isn't it, Kurt? Like, it, there's this p- complete polarization. There's no middle ground here, right? There's no sort of gray area, and it, it seems to have developed that. If we're right, then, then you're wrong and vice versa. There, there's no consideration of, of at all of, of any yeah. subtlety in between. Would that be a fair summation?
2: I mean, sometimes it seems that way. And, and certainly we now have elections that are, are and are going to continue to be decided by effectively like 1% this mm. way or 1% that way. You know, we had a Senate race that was decided that way. The last two presidential races were effectively decided not—not not that close, but close, very close. So, yes, but I—I I actually, I mean, it's not as though half of Americans are. I, I would there's there's a big middle, and I don't mean middle in like they're neither left nor right, not exactly that. It's more like they just, are, as I'm sure it's true in many countries, if not most, disengage from politics and politics is not a hobby or something they care very much about. So yeah, when it comes to vote, yeah, they're going to vote Republican or they're going to vote Democrat, but you know, it's, it's a, so, so yes and no, it's, it's, I would say, you know, maybe half of America, like, man, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, sure. Uh, And then, and then another half is yes, is absolutely. They hate each other. A quarter Mm. hates this quarter. This quarter hates this quarter. Do you know? And, and, uh, and or and hates maybe well some maybe too strong but really feels as though they they are uh, a different type of person and and that's why I think and I recently wrote a piece uh, about you know I think it's reasonable to imagine that in twenty five years this will not be one country as a result because even though it seems crazy it seems crazy to me because it's not like the civil war of one hundred sixty years ago. Where there, you know, there was this, A, abiding giant moral issue of slavery. But, B, slaves made up half the wealth of white southerners. So, you know, what? You're going to emancipate the slaves and take away half my wealth? Mm, I got to fight a war. So, Mm -hmm. uh, whereas, like, now, really, you're going to fight over whether, you know, there's drag shows in your school or something? I don't know. I mean, I just... I, I sometimes wonder like, why well, they really fight a war over this. However, uh right now, and it, it's it's kept on so long and kept simmering by so many different for so many different reasons. I kind of think that uh this will oddly I mean it might not, but I think it's 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 become not just a a tiny chance, but I think it actually significant mm-hmm. chance that we could we could we could find ourselves split up and and the question is can we do it you know relatively peacefully you know yeah
1: we we had somebody on here recently derek didn't we that say it said within our we lifetime yeah. th- that there would be another american civil war isn't that right within our lifetime
0: yeah, no, absolutely. No, I I believe I believe it, it, it to be true. When when you were saying Kurt about like you send the Mormons go and find, find their own community, and it didn't matter. You had all the land, you know. It didn't really matter what they did. There, you you didn't have, you weren't joined. You know, you weren't sharing the same uh, media outlets. You know, it was much more localized. Government governments got too big for the ordinary people to have any real effect. I mean, what what surprised me most about America is how it is due to parties. I mean, for so long, it's incredible. Now, Ireland, uh, I think yesterday, we were 100 years old in our current form, uh, and one of the founding parties, Sinn Féin, has never actually <laughs> held office in Ireland. It might be in the next election, all right. But we've had so many different parties, you know, progressive Democrats, Labour is still there. It's very small. And then you've got the two main parties, yes, a bit similar, Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil. But, you know, um, yeah, I mean, the, the Republicans versus the Democrats and and not a not a look-in from any other party. I, I find that incredible.
2: Well, of course, what's true too, though, yeah, and, and, it, and it's problematic in lots of ways, uh, this, this kind of duopoly, uh, political duopoly. Of course, 100, 100 you know, uh, they, they've they've entirely reversed their roles. I mean, the the, the Democratic Party uh, in when the Civil War happened was the party of the South and slavery and and everything else. And the Republican Party came to be. Abraham Lincoln was its first successful presidential candidate to be the to be the not the, you know to be the party of freedom and to be the party of not, we were not into slavery. And of course. You know in my lifetime effectively finally you know in the 1960s that kind of fully reversed and and so yes the, the names are the same but the parties you know are 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 quite different but yeah it is but we don't have a parliamentary system and and uh you got these two big you know parties that uh yeah it's it's it's, it's not a you know it, it had it managed to work for a while but it's not managing to work very well now it hasn't been for a, a, a decade most of a decade
0: mm. and and it does require a shedload or a truckload of cash to get into office and, and that's that that's that that's the thing you see that's that's where money and government get confused you know they they become very entangled uh, and you're really not operating a, in my view you know it's not a full-on democracy if really it's just how much you got in your back pocket
2: yeah no it's not and and in general it is you know it is when 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 basically there are no limits on what can be spent it's just by its nature it can still be democratic, and money doesn't always win, and blah bitty, blah 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 blah. But it is a corrupting, it is a deeply corrupting part of our system. And and you know when the when the Supreme Court, when the conservatives of the Supreme Court, these last ten years, dozen years, have have ruled basically that fight uh, regulations on campaign expenditures and 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 who can give money and how much. Yeah, no, you can't do that. That's unconstitutional. Sorry, we're, we're that we can't have that. Well, you're 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 just making that that's not going to get better. That's only going to get worse.
0: And when we're talking about secession, okay, so there's a couple of states that get that get bandied about. I mean, you've you've got Texas, you know. Big enough. It's got oil. Um, you've got California. You know, it's just they're just a, It's a very different vibe to uh, the rest of America. Who else? I mean, what like, what states do you think would come well, together and form another uh, country?
2: I mean, the problem. I mean, the Northeast, basically the entire. You know, some of you know New York and New England down through, and then the coast down to Washington DC. Uh, that would be, that's that's a you know liberal-ish chunk pretty consistently, um, and then and then yes of course not only California but above it Oregon and Washington so you have the whole Pacific Coast but it's not that simple then you also have you know you know other pieces that are you know uh, New Mexico you know it's, it's not that clean and it's not that small those 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 liberal bits or those whatever progressive parts so the the problem, unlike the first Civil War, the Civil War, which where you know, you really could more or less draw a line between the North and the South and yeah, if you know that that but that fairly represent you know broke up who was for and who was against remaining in the Union or expanding slavery. now so much of the division of course, is is between people who live in cities, and and suburbs and metropolitan areas and people who live in rural areas. That is the that is the division. There there are almost no conservative there there are almost no electorates of in cities, big cities that are of the right. There just aren't. It's 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 and and it's it's extraordinary. If if over under over a certain density of population, you know, 99% of the time you're going to vote Liberal and for Democrats in this country, and 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 under a certain density, you're going to vote Republican. That's just it's 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 kind of a weird, almost like law of physics thing that's that's happened. So that's the problem. And then in any secession scenario, figuring out how you do that and what what you just have like a hundred little blue cities that are nation states that are confederated somehow, just lots of lots of West Berlins. You know, <laughs> um, uh, I, you know, it's hard to figure out how to do it. But you know, I guess it's not impossible. And then there are other chunks. I was just, I was just looking today, actually, for this book I'm writing. Uh, like, okay, if you if you could just, without fighting a war, just carve out new states. Like, well, there's a whole like the whole center bit chunk of a third of Georgia is 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 basically white liberals and black people and people of color, and 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 where you know, Democrats where Joe Biden won the state, and where the senator the other night won won the state. He was Democrat. Well, so there are pieces of the country that it just doesn't fit. All I'm saying is, is it doesn't neatly fit. But yes, there are the empty western states, you know, the mountainous western states from where I grew up in Nebraska to Utah. You know, there are not a lot of people, but there's a lot of land. And, like, okay, you want to be a country by yourself? Go do it. So I don't know. I mean, you know, it depends. You need proximity to, to divide up the country. That's that's going to be tough in this country, uh, unless we all, you know, confederate with Canada or something. But, um, uh, uh, yeah, no, it's tough. It's and, 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 you know, I mean, you look at something like Czechoslovakia, when they – was as you know, it was Czechoslovakia in mm-hmm. 1992. They broke into the Czech Republic and Slovakia. Well, that was that was the, the 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 like most the most hopeful, easy, nonviolent model of secession there's ever been, practically. And uh, they were sensible, and that could be done. You don't have to fight a war. You don't have to have, you know, the troubles as you did in Northern Ireland. You know, you, I mean, but you might in this country. And I think. My my view, my unhappy hunch is that there's going to be vi- there's going to be violence, and you know, I mean, um, before we before you know, uh, people say, okay, okay, this can't go on. What
1: are we going to do? We'll mm-hmm. see. Did you did you find that the, the the invasion, quote unquote, of the capital in January 6th, Did you did you see that as a serious threat, uh, Kurt, or was it just like a, a ragaband rent a mob who just well, I, storm, it's funny storm the actually, gates
2: at the time for that day and the day or a few days after, I thought I thought it was the latter. I thought, oh, not even random, just a bunch of cosplay mm. not who'd been riled up by Donald Trump. Exactly. Um, but in retrospect, and with the the, the January six investigations, both by the prosecutors and by the committee in the Congress. It, it it wasn't just that it was it was part of something bigger and there was, you know, it was it was a an attempt by Trump and his nuttiest circle, uh, to to you know have an insurrection to 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 um to overturn the legitimate election. So it wasn't. I just thought, come on, you're over, you're overreacting when it first happened. Yeah, it's ugly, it's bad, and arrest him and fine. But like. I, I really I I thought I thought it I thought it was I I did on January sixth and seventh and eighth, twenty twenty one. I thought it was being taken too seriously, mm. but I, I I
0: I I I I changed my mind
1: uh, right. after. Uh, you see, yeah, a bit more sinister.
0: Because certainly that. There's the means, though, Neil. Right over over in America, to actually, for civilians to 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 fight a war, you wouldn't have that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if 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 the troubles were to kick off, I mean, the, the Catholics now are fifty percent in Northern Ireland, and the Protestants say hey, they don't want me to move. No way, you know. So I'm not so sure we'll have a, a unified country. But if something was to kick off, we'd be talking about Molotov cocktails and a few stones yeah. to start. I don't know where the weapons are going to come from. But you know, in, in America, with with the, the gun laws, you know, in the, in the state where you are, like, you know, is is it easy for you to procure a firearm? I mean, not
2: not as easy as it is in other places at all. I mean, yeah. and 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 the, and the regulations vary a lot state to state, yeah. but. Um, and, and they have an effect. I mean, the states with and, and cities, but states with where it's more difficult to get a gun and you, you need more of a background check and harder to get one if you're a criminal or a, or a nut, uh, there's less gun violence. But here, but to your point, we have 300 million odd guns in this country. You know, we, that's, that's a bunch of armies worth of guns right and many of them I and mean, they're not just pistols you know there's a lot of automatic weapons or a lot of military style weapons so that's the problem and that that's what scares people about the prospects of, of, of violence is that like there's a lot of armed people you know we'll see i, I mean it, it uh, and, and i do i even know people you know just people like us who were have been you know as they worry about this very thing think should i should i buy guns should i do i need to protect myself and uh so yeah it's 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 worrisome because there are there are s- so many guns. I mean I don't know if the you know craziness per square mile is any greater. Yeah, a little greater here probably than it is in other countries. But um uh but I but the the armedness is is extraordinary and extreme. And 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 yeah, it's harder in Connecticut, New York, it's harder it's harder to get weapons, but not, you know, I, I could, you know. If we made a bet, I could go out and you know, come back here in a week, and I'd have an AR fifteen. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and to, to us on the other side of the pond, as it were, in Europe, and not that far away north of you guys in Canada, it it does, you know, at a brief glance, just strike us as you know, you know, every horrible mass shooting that we hear about or school shooting, it's a no brainer. Like it's just we don't have those. I know. In Europe, with, with, with the odd horrific exception, which sure. then changed laws, like in England, right. you know, it happened. Yeah. It, it changed society, it changes the whole country in one go. And we look right. aghast. At, at america and see these incidents happening repeatedly often so apparently so often now yeah, they're not even reported anymore unless it's like over a particular multiple well, of yeah no and, um, well and we, we we many we look
2: aghast too and what happens here and and it is it is this relatively small you know politically powerful group uh which is to say the gun owner the the, the organized activist gun owners and the gun industry who make it so you know i mean um Huge, huge, huge majorities of these people, 80, 90 percent want, you know, background checks, controls, regulations. You can't have military weapons, you know, you can't have to be 21, all these things that the the this 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 just unhinged gun movement for the last 50 years um has prevented. You know, I have as you know, I have a whole chapter in Fantasyland. Mm. uh that's a lot about that. And and that it's called the National Rifle Association is the main. Group and lobbying group that has done this for the last half century. And they became, they, they were kind of the, the A extreme wing of the Republican Party and the Republican coalition back in the 80s, and they became the thing, they became it. They and people like them who were extreme and kind of anarchistic and nihilistic, really, in wanting their freedom, and even if that freedom entails as you're suggesting, the murder of children and people at shopping centers and schools on a regular basis. Yeah, sorry, that's the price of freedom. So mm. that became, you know, a kind of core value, if you will, or principle of of the Republican Party. Even though, you know, uh, the average Republican isn't even isn't isn't you know crazed that way. But but you know they're they're they they that is the tail <laughs> wagged the dog of that political party, and as you say, we only got two of them, and that's one of them. You know, yeah. but you, you, could you
0: come, come going back to fantasy. You you, uh, you know, the, the main spokesperson for the Righteous Association for many years um, was uh, that movie star Charlton Heston, so <laughs> famously, <laughs> you know, of my cold a, dead a, hands. A, a
1: story, uh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah. well, you cover so many other interesting subjects. You know, Kurt. I love this section. United States of Amazing in <laughs> the eighteen hundreds. It's great, and and you know it. It's it just bounces along all these these fantastic subjects. Just you know, just to name name a few. You know the Mormons. Obviously, we mentioned Mary uh, Baker Eddy, Christian Science, the Fox Sisters, and what I, what I, what jumps out for me is is you know the snake oil peddlers. Right. So oh, I remember yeah. this. Oh, I remember this. Do you remember this Derek from there used to be a show here? He probably had it in the States, probably was American about Huckleberry Finn um, the classic Mark Twain novel that was made into a TV series. And the whole premise of that show was they encountered these individuals who were snake oil salesmen. And indeed, I think that was in the movie "Oh brother where art thou as well, that you had this, you know, so sort we're of getting back into American culture and the stuff, the movies that we all know and love. I mean, the snake oil salesman, uh, just to dip into that, i just, off 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 the curve there kurt what was that all about and do we still see it in today's american society
2: well of course we still see it in today's american society and we see it in all societies but yes especially in america well and it was about again it was born of a couple of things this this uh kind of buyer beware in all senses um uh and 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 the wishfulness right the wish to believe fantasies of what this thing is going to cure my whatever whatever problem I have. Uh, just as moving here and 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 you know, the second coming is gonna happen here in Plymouth, Massachusetts in a few years. All of these just you know, wishful fantasies combined with again, not unique not unique to America, but certainly a defining aspect of America was this entrepreneurialism, right? And and I'll just go off on the road and reinvent myself and reinvent everything and make a million dollars and I'll go to find gold in California, whatever it is. So those two things combined, you know, believe it, you know, um build it and they will come, kind of believe it, and I can make people believe I will get rich that way. And and then there's the thing, and it's true of Joseph Smith, true of a lot of these people, L. Ron Hubbard, like, well, are they entirely charlatans? Are they just making it up? Or do they also believe it? And they're all, but I, and that's the interesting thing about so many of these figures that I write about in Pennsylvania is, well, they're not. I mean, many of them aren't just crooks, right? They're not just liars. If you gave them a lie detector test, if there had been lie detector tests in 1844, I think Joseph Smith would have believed he really was channeling, you know, angels and stuff. But you know, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe he to Believed. And he famously said, like, if I were just a guy listening to me, I would think I was a charlatan too. So <laughs> uh, you know, and and with Donald Trump, I've often thought that. Like, is he is he is he just ignorant of how government and things work? Is he a liar? Is he impaired? Is he mad? A mm, little bit of both, depending on the day and the instance, you know. So so that's the thing. I mean, and again, when, when it isn't destroying Amer- your country, when it isn't destroying democracy, it's entertaining and it's interesting. But then, then it's the, it ceases to be entirely entertaining when it, when it seems
0: <laughs> existential. There was, there was one of it, it's just on one of the medicaments that was uh, on sale at the end of the Indian Wars. I can't remember the name now from the story, but uh, I just remember just uh, having a nice little laugh to myself. It was for treatment of intestinal worms, and it was a, a ball with an Indian name of some tribe. And what they had embedded in these balls were pieces of string, so that when you'd go and, uh, you know, go... <laughs> Go for your shit. The next day, you'd see the string in it and think, "Oh wow, yeah, it works. It's just really on <laughs> my work." Classic. Yeah. No, exactly. And 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 as
2: I write about P.T. Barnum, yeah. who's famously this this you know impresario of fiction as reality, but he, I mean, people, he, it was both. This is real, but this is a joke. But if you believe it, that's fine too. And again, it as I write about, you know, professional wrestling, WWE, and
0: you know, in the 80s and
2: 90s and, and today, it's the same thing. Do people who go to those fights, those matches, really believe those are real matches? Well, yes and no, maybe, kind of, sort of. And maybe then they become real. So, that again, that blurry space between, you know, wanting to believe the snake oil or maybe just wanting the show, seeing him sell it and seeing his – is you know hoochie coochie dancers sell it to you? You know yeah. it's 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 again it's this it's this merger of 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 entertainment and reality that like well it's only a, a dollar a bottle I'll take it maybe it will you know make me virile and cure my baldness you know or or and I get and and it's it's I I want to believe I mean that's the thing yeah. that. You know, to me so such a defining part of America is is I want to believe. I want to believe that, you know, this is the best country on earth. I want to believe that God sent me here. I want to believe that I'm 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 killing Native Americans because they're Satan's minions or whatever, whatever bad, good, in-between things people this by God, I want to believe this thing. So I'm gonna believe. And and that's and that's that's again has its good aspects if it means you know inventing computers and doing all the great things you could point to that Americans have done because of their dream the impossible dream but
0: you know there's there, there's a there's a dire side as well. We all want to believe sure. yeah you know, that's that's the that, that's the X files, you know <laughs> we we want to believe and, and you know eleven year old me, when I found out about the WWF, man nah, I didn't want to believe the truth. I preferred <laughs> the story no
1: you mean it's not real, guys?
0: It's not real. Yeah. Well, well, some of those guys actually hate
2: each other, and some of those guys hit each other. Yeah. For real.
1: Yeah. But yeah. well, like, like you're saying, Kurt. Though, you know, where it does delve into something more sinister, I think. I think one that jumps out for me is the, the protocols of the Elders of Zion. And um, this was something that that was not really. For entertainment value, or you know, for any dodgy medical reasons, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because it's you often hear this phrase, um, and it's still bandied around, I believe. I, I still, oh, well,
2: and, and in this country, the the rise and revival of anti Semitic mm. lies and anti Semitism is an alarming, is at an alarming rate right now. So, it, and again, at least Americans. Are responsible for inventing that. It's a. It was. It was a. It was a hoax book, um, ostensibly written by a, a cabal of Jewish leaders in, 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 in of here, their plan for world domination 130 or 40 years ago. It was, and it was. It has various sources in Russia, probably at the time in in Europe, but the great American industrialist henry ford uh of the ford motor company was the most important american was a was a nazi sympathizer and and was the most important american publisher and promoter of the protocols of the elders of zion and printed a gazillion copies and sold them for nothing and sent them away for free and and you know starting in the 1910s and 20s i guess and uh yeah, so that you know, and 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 that had a you know a large following, and not just here uh, in the United States, but but around the world. But yeah, I mean, it's it's it is. Uh, I mean, whether it's religion or other kinds of of untrue stories, in my view, uh, people. I mean, people want exciting, neat fiction like explanations for life. Just they do. They they like it. It's it's you know, whether it's how they got here or or, or or anything. And 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 the more exciting the better, which is why you have these nutty conspiracy theories about the deep state, this and the you know, Hillary Clinton, you know, being a child cannibal, you know, all, all the all the whole range of nutty nutty beliefs of these people because they're exciting, because real life, I think perhaps we can all agree. Well, is not is is a confusing and be pretty boring a lot of the time. So so let's make it exciting as exciting as television, you know, and 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 as understandable and t- and tidy and neat at the end. Like oh, that's what happened. Yeah, okay, that's what people want out of life, and uh, you know, it, it doesn't happen. It doesn't work that way most of the time.
1: Yeah, it, it sounds like you had good, a bit of fun writing this book, Kurt. Did you enjoy yourself?
2: yeah i'm sure once it was done uh, i i mean i <laughs> yeah uh, i mean being in the middle of a book is never entire i mean you have your moments but and yeah. and, and i did have fun, and, and i'm and i'm very very proud of it and pleased with it and feel like i Brilliant. you know I, I i did it at the right moment right you know yeah but, you, you did the uh, yeah. yeah yeah so but yeah, yeah i did have fun and and uh but I, I'm, I'm not one of those people who Really, until I mean, I have my moments of wow, I, I, oh, this is good, this is not bad. But I have many more moments Well, I'm in the middle of it. If I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know why I'm doing this. Nobody's gonna like it.
1: Well, you no. made your way all
0: the way over to Ireland, so you know that's that saying. So
1: okay. well. yeah, good. made all, all the way over to this, this cold rock uh, on on yeah. the outpost of Europe. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, yeah. another entertaining episode there, listeners with a, a, a very interesting and a little bit of an unusual guest for us on, on the hip story, and Kurt. It's been a pleasure speaking yeah. to you. Um, as we always say, we could speak forever more about some of these subjects, you know. Any... What, any That's you what you're working on, though. Yeah. Are you,
2: on?
0: are you working on
2: now, yeah? I, I am. I, I I worked on a, t- or a streaming TV series uh, that's oh. going to come out next year. With Steven Soderbergh that I'm very excited about. Uh, it's oh, a sort of time, time travel satire, and uh, and now I'm starting another novel. Actually, I haven't I haven't read a novel in six years, and so um, uh, it is it's set in the future too. And as you can imagine, it involves you know oh maybe America being broken up. Uh, uh, you know so uh, yep. that's uh, that's, when I, that's when I'm I've actually started writing sentences. So I'm the looming. The looming specter of not knowing what I'm doing or why I'm doing it and being adrift in a sea of my own making <laughs> that's why I, 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 I was I was loath to say, oh yeah, I had lots of fun, but yeah. but but, um, but yeah, that's what I'm doing, and uh, you know, carrying on.
1: Yeah, it sounds it sounds great, and I hope your great United States America doesn't break up until we get a chance to revisit and get over there, Derek. Certainly Cornwall did the tour. It sounds.
0: Let's-
2: yeah, uh, you're happy to be here. No, and, and as you suggested, I'm here living my living my gentleman fantasy on my on my <laughs> <acre>. Yeah, nice,
0: <laughs> nice, nice, nice. There we Excellent. go. Thank, you, we thank go. you so. Much. Um, the future is bright. We better wear shades, anyhow. And uh, yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll sign off, Kurt. And thank you very great. much. Maybe we'll uh, we'll talk again sometime. I'm okay. I'm glad we could do this. Thanks.
1: Thanks, Kurt, thank and have a great evening ha ha great fun current affairs current affairs history snake oil salesman yeah. Klux Klan, anti-semitism the breakup of the united states gun yeah. laws <laughs> <laughs> and the good old story you know what's what what all about
0: really right? oh, he's you know? great. yeah i love people yeah. like
1: that i love i love guests like that you could you know talk to them all night really like you know they're they're just so interesting i hope our listeners hope you guys out there enjoying it obviously as much as myself derek are jortling and giggling away here another mind-blowing 40 minutes before we go back to our (laughs) day-to-day lives uh really takes us out on a spin i hope it does with you too as well it relieves you from your daily commute or wherever you're listening to us in your car be on your bus or on your ufo uh hope you're enjoying it all
0: <laughs> and we'd very much appreciate if you could uh give us a tip of a euro keep this show on the road and take us to places not yet visited but we'd love to share them with you so keep tuning in good night folks good night neil
1: make See it so